I call Phil uh, Schlumpkin, the the world class uh, audio engineer that builds rooms, and I'm like, I have a million dollars, Phil. Right. And he's like, hmm, let me see here, and he's like, oh, you have this room, and of course he'd come back to me, and he's like, okay, we went a little over budget. Uh, instead of one million dollars, it's going to be two million dollars. So like, Bill. Or Phil, the song the song is called "If I Had a Million Dollars," not if I had two million dollars. Like, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to another episode of "Are You Ready for Another?" The ongoing conversation about life, beer, and what lies ahead. I'm Michael Moyer, and I'm Kevin Murphy. Okay, Kevin. After your glowing review of this, I decided to uh, uh, pick up a can myself. It is the, the Natural Light Natterdays. <laughs> 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 I cannot wait till uh, I hear your review on it. Um, I, I'm a little fibbing or fibbing a little bit there. Um, I did not go out and seek this. This was brought to my house by somebody else. So I'm oh, okay. it out. <laughs> it definitely, all the reviews I feel are accurate. It's like a, a pink lemonade or a strawberry lemonade or something. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, I, I, <laughs> I kind of feel weird about this because this could be a drink that if you had in a cup or something, most of the times if like little kids come up and drink their parents' drinks, they're like, ew, that tastes gross or something. This kind of just tastes like like a little – it's like 7-Up and lemonade to me. That's what it's like. It's like um, I don't even really taste the, the alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. <laughs> it's good, I guess. It, it's – it's strange to me that it is a natural light product, right? Just because of our history with natural light and, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> and everything. And so drinking this pink flamingo can and <laughs> um, it being alcohol is kind of strange. I, I do. I'm not sure if I'll be, it's a 16 ounce can. Um, do they make them in 12 ounce cans? Yeah. The, the first time I ever drank Natterday was in a, a 12 ounce can. Okay. Um, I think yeah. it would be better to have in a 12 ounce can. I don't know if I'm going to finish this. <laughs> um, not that I don't like it, but I do feel it needs to be 85 degrees out and you need to be on a beach to drink this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, well, it, it was, it was perfect because the first time I ever had it, I was, I was at the lake and it was a perfect, like just sitting, sitting back, relaxing, you know, it's hot outside. You're drinking natter day. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. So yeah. Um, <laughs> proximity based crushability. Um, if we implement our, our new sippability scale, I would say if I had this in a taster glass, I could definitely sip it. It is super sippable. <laughs> so yeah, whatever. I'm not sure we're going to do the six out of six or whatever as sip, sippability as you want, but, um, right. I'd say very sippable, uh, crushability may vary. So what are you drinking tonight? So my first beer tonight is Yingling Golden Pilsner. So I've had Yingling before, but I've never had this Golden Pilsner, and it's it's nice. It it's light, it's crisp. It seems like a very fitting summertime beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I I think the it's almost kind of maybe uh, uh, you know, now that summer is is kind of coming to an unofficial close, I think it's probably a good uh beer to have before everything else uh switches over to the october fests and harvest ales so mm-hmm. that's that's the one i went with tonight so we just wrapped up our epic ipa t- tasting and i was looking in my refrigerator in the basement and 
I see some, you know, the leftovers that we had to buy six packs of because we couldn't buy them in singles and stuff. And I was like, well, I don't think I can go ahead and repeat a beer already after that show, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so so I'm glad this Natterday showed up <laughs> because I was just like, well, shoot, you know, I was like, maybe I'm going to just have to repeat something else like another Jack right. or something that wasn't. Another right. Beer. But, um, you know, like how we record this show is always interesting, right? Because you and I have a background in playing in bands. And so we've had microphones, we've had everything kind of set up. And since Uh podcast is so like exploding now, right? It's right. It's kind of weird that we've, we have had equipment that has already been tried and true, you know, and tested over the years. Mm -hmm. Like your, your microphone's a sure SM 57, right? Right. And you know, there's just this like now that I go to like places like Sweetwater and stuff, I just always constantly look at gear. And it's just funny how all these companies that have been literally making the same devices for like 20 years are just like making the same device, but like with a podcast angle on it, you know, right. it's like, ooh, <laughs> yeah. it does this now. Like, right, right. And in the like a good example of that is the um, <clears throat> Rode microphones have been around for a very long time and stuff. Uh-huh. And they as a company came out with their Rodecaster Pro, which is really explicitly made for podcasting. Okay. Um it has we, we pretty much everything that we've wanted with like the um callbacks to the crushability or Dustin's yeah it's yeah you yeah. could like easily build that in with like big bright buttons that do what you want okay. if you wanted a music intro you could hit it all that type of stuff like it's right. literally made for podcasters and you can take four microphones it could do all this type of stuff and uh-huh. and you know we're this big major recording that we did last week wasn't the only time that we plan on doing this, right? Right. I think four right. people's probably the max. It's it gets a little, yeah, it gets a little crowded. <laughs> yeah. I think after four people, uh, you know, because at least with four people, I feel like each person can kind of have their own voice. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think after four, then it's just like, well, then you're kind of talking over one another, and I don't know. Yeah, ex- I think I think four is a good number, especially. I really considered outsourcing the editing of last week's episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. So so can you just uh talk about that a little bit like w- how many hours do you think you've put into it? And it's not done, correct? No, it's not done. So so okay. listeners, we are we are recording from the future or, <laughs> or from the past. Actually, yeah. not from the future. That would make sense. But yeah, so right now as we're recording this, the IPA episode has not been released yet, but it'll be coming yeah. out this Friday. Right. Um, I've been trying to use an app called, um, I think it's just called Time Tracker on Mac. And it's okay. just a simple time tracking device uh, for, you know, hey, I just, I'm doing something. And and it, particularly with this podcast, I was just kind of generally wanting to see how long I spend doing stuff. So if we, if we record for an hour and a half, I generally spend um, an additional three hours on top of that, you know, doing an initial mix, you listen to it, you, you give me your feedback, then I go back uh-huh. and do all that stuff. Right. This episode, this past episode with the IPA, I am <clears throat> already, I think, four and a half hours into it. And um, probably still need another two hours to do. And the main reason it's been so difficult is n- it's not because there's there was four of us. 
and it, it's because of the stupid audio drift that happens uh, between machines. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm not going to get too technical, but every computer has like a built-in time cl- a clock with like a piece of quartz and stuff, like a, your watch, if you ever had a watch with quartz in it. And mm-hmm. those watches are pretty accurate. Right. But at the same time, they fluctuate from piece to piece. You would never notice it because you're like, well, we're not like super syncing our s- seconds over minutes and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And a, a good example of this is I remember back in the 90s when you would watch Conan O'Brien and we would stay up until his uh, like 1 a.m. New Year's for for the, the central time zone. Remember that, uh-huh. how he would do that? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I remember having a watch and I was like, oh, I'm going to sync my watch to the countdown, right? It's going to be like 10, right. 9, 0. And then I want to watch it again next year. And, you know, I want to see how accurate my watch is to, to the, the countdown. Like, because in, in my 12-year-old mind, it should have stayed exactly the same, right? Uh, yeah. Conan O'Brien had his countdown to 1 a.m. My watch should have been synced perfectly, but it wasn't. It was off by 62 seconds or something, right? Huh. And... um. Just because, and that's why you started having atomic clocks, right? <laughs> because they were based off this atomic uh, time mach- or timekeeper that was literally like that's where they're getting their data from was uh-huh. that atomic clock and stuff. But it's right, things people right. don't notice, right? You don't notice three seconds here, two seconds here. Um, even fancy watches, it's kind of funny. That, funnier the the more expensive watches get, the actually worse at keeping time they get because <laughs> because <laughs> they're mechanical. You know, right, people right. really like the internal gears and stuff, and it's like it's more of an old way of doing it. But you know, you spend five thousand yeah. on a watch, it probably doesn't keep as good of time as your fifty dollar Timex watch, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then you got to get the fancy like watch tumblers. Oh yeah, exactly. Right to yeah. keep keep them moving. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, a similar concept applies to all computers and stuff. And there's uh, this thing called audio drift that happens. And you would never notice it except for when you're trying to record four people on two different machines. Yeah. And there's lots of ways to fix it. People have a billion ways to say, okay, I have four files. And I'm sure somebody out there would be like, oh, Michael, you should have done this. You should have done this. I know. But we already did it. And, you know, it's it's moving forward and stuff. Right. Um, right. We'll we'll know better for next time. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And um, you know, so Kevin was recording two inputs on his computer. I was recording two inputs on mine. And us being in the same room, you, normally when we're separated, you don't notice it because our mics aren't picking up each other's conversations, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're in right. room four and we're all getting loud and talking and stuff, the room has echo. Our mics are picking up that stuff, so it can be very um, tedious to kind of fix. And there's like like I said, there's an addition, a, a billion ways to fix it. Using audition, doing all these things and stuff. Um, so it was a it was a fun experience in the moment. Um, but in hindsight, I was like, man, I definitely wish we would have, <laughs> like, uh, you know, just use my old school mixer, right? And just mix right. it like in 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 person, and and yeah. it, it probably would have turned out fine. A lot of times we want to cut out like. Um, breathing noises or coughs or something but you know when you're in the uh-huh. same room you pick up the cough anyways you know so uh, right right but uh yeah lessons learned 30 31 episodes in uh so this or i should say 32 episodes in so next time we'll it'll be better um hopefully and stuff but yeah but like what's what's fun about this and is like so you brought all your stuff down mm-hmm. and then you're trying to kind of telling me like you know it's an ordeal to set it back up you want to walk through that yeah, so like 
I essentially have a podcast studio up here in my office. And, you know, I have my computer and I have another monitor and I have the boom arm and the microphone. And so I have all these components. Well, essentially, when, you know, I go to, to Athens, where, where Michael is, to record, I have to take all of this stuff with me. Um, which it's not, I mean, we, like you said, we've, we've been in bands before. It's like, it, we're just kind of used to like, that's what you have to do. You know, it's, it's not super annoying, but it, I mean, it, it's still time consuming. Like you got to tear it all down and pack it up and all that stuff. But today I spent the time cause I still hadn't set everything back up yet. And I was like trying to, to figure out where I had my boom arm attached because like, my boom arm essentially has like a sweet spot where like I can kind of move it around and it doesn't make a whole lot of noise. And, and so I was like trying to figure out where I had that on my desk. And so like I, I started in one place and I was like, well, no. And I moved it a little to the left and then, and then I'm like, okay, I think it was right there. And then like, I was having trouble with the positioning of the microphone and my pop filter. And so it's funny because like I I feel like I need to just like from now on unless you know like we figure out like some other method of of doing this um I need to just mark it like I need to put like a little mark on my desk or something to say like that's where the boom arm goes you know like this is where the pop filter goes because I just I don't know it's like I just can't like I think you you had um what wasn't it your current uh not not your electric bike but your one bike where it was like you kept on like trying to change the seat position mm-hmm. and you just could not get it to to feel right yeah and and so i kind of feel like like even though like it's probably 99% of where it was before mm-hmm. it still doesn't quite feel like okay this was you know, this is where I had it before because, you know, it, it, it is a little different. Yeah. Well, anything with audio they I've read is like once you get something that works, uh-huh. don't ever change it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, yeah. Don't upgrade your computer. Don't, right. um, you know, update the operating system. Don't change plugins. Don't change microphones unless you actually really want to and get a different sound or, you know, uh-huh. like. Right. And, Especially don't move stuff. <laughs> yeah. So so, yeah, so picking up your whole rig and bringing it down to Athens completely throws your, your feng shui out of whack, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so the ultimate solution, I think you said, was to just buy double of everything, right? <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think, you know, if we could just have duplicates of everything, then like essentially i wouldn't have to tear anything down you would just go from one place to another and then everything would be set up you know the way you like it mm-hmm. so well and we even joked about that with when we were in bands and stuff like oh you know how amazing it would be if we just were able to throw everything into a truck after our four-hour gig and we got done playing it too and right instead of like well we got to unload it in somebody's house or somebody's basement and then we get to go home and you know, we we had we had played on that that uh that radio show. Remember that was like, I think. Oh yeah, it was like ago. a um, like a local AM station, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was nine seventy WATH, I believe, in Athens, and they had a band. Um, I'll I'll see if they're still um <clears throat> around. I'm not sure, uh, but um, 
they had a band and that's a that's what, exactly what they did they had a giant moving truck outside that was like a 20 foot like you know box truck and uh-huh. inside was just all their stuff for <laughs> going around and playing and i was like man i would love to just play that much to have you know the the real need for that you know like we were right, playing multiple right. times a week that's that's how it'd be you know and then we had our 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 practice studio that was set up exactly how we'd want it and stuff and yeah what, what's nice well what was difficult is that was would be really expensive right <laughs> you know i <laughs> had lots of money into my rig and i know you did too and it'd be uh-huh. very difficult to um uh, update that type of thing but yeah. but what's kind of nice i mean the gear we have right now is still expensive but it's not nearly as expensive as our band stuff so so maybe it's like something you know that you could duplicate you could get another like sm57 and right get right another just like it, you know maybe get just another mic stand it doesn't have to be your you know your boom um mic stand and stuff but. uh-huh yeah <clears throat> like well I, I mean i would hope that eventually if we get to this point that we could create some type of semi-permanent like podcast studio I think that would be really cool. Like where all of the booms are fixed to the table. You know, it's like there's four chairs around it. Like it's just everything's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Where if we would have this IPA tasting again, you literally would just have to sit down in front of a microphone. Mm-hmm. Like everything is like ready to rock and roll. <laughs> That's my dream anyway. Right. So we just yeah. need to start making money at this podcast. Yeah, and yeah. Then- <laughs> we, yeah let's let's make some money uh, first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will say though because of the um and I'd been looking at this piece of equipment for a while, but definitely what pushed me over the edge to buy this new thing that I have is the IPA episode just because I was like, man, I should have just got it. It would have made right. it just so much better. It would have cut the editing down time tremendously right um Uh and it is the sound devices mix pre six and sound devices and just we're again uh, people are probably eyes are getting glazed over and stuff but but (laughs) this company uh sound devices makes really high-end field recording devices for people on uh movie sets for people like going and doing documentaries and stuff a lot of people that Mm -hmm. want to sync their audio with video um just because you know you think your fancy movie camera has built-in audio but it doesn't so that they've literally been doing you know when you see three two one action and they click that's there to sync the audio with the video that's what that is there for you know and Uh that little title card says what take it is and stuff because then the audio you know what take it is you know right uh, take 32 and so you hear take 32 and you visually see (laughs) take 32 on the thing you know and so Uh so we do something similar right we do our little clap thing that's literally just the the really (laughs) silly way of of doing a similar syncing mechanism Uh uh-huh but this this mix pre six I don't know. It's just really um, cool. <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, if Katie looked at it or a lot of other people would look at it, they'd be like, okay, whatever, you know. But I I don't know. I like the engineering of it. I like playing with the knobs and, like, yeah. it, it just feels solid. It feels nice. And um, there's, like, part of me that gets excited about this type of equipment. <laughs> well, what I like is how how it has the little screen on the front of it. Mm-hmm. Like, that is super handy. Yeah. You know, just to, like, check levels, you know, like, uh, that. that's the thing is, like, my my 
input device just has like a green light that blinks when yeah. I'm talking and then red when I'm when it's but it, but to actually have like a meter mm-hmm. on my my your vocals yeah. would be really really nice like I think that's because that way if you have multiple people you could kind of level them all out and that just saves you a step in in post yeah you know exactly. like yeah. because n- someone's not going to be so much louder yeah you know, or, yeah and and what's really great about this is it's completely portable too so if we needed to go somewhere that for whatever mm-hmm. reason we didn't have our laptops or whatever we just had right. microphones four microphones four cables is all we need right and we could record mm-hmm. anywhere and that's right. kind of how i went with this one over the roadcaster just because the roadcaster is like a um it is for it, it's kind of portable but it's much bigger right it's probably four and a half times the size of this thing it's for really your what you were describing. You have your podcast yeah. studio. Uh-huh. You always sit down. You know, you you got your stuff called. You have your people calling in. You know, right. like all that type of right. stuff. And I just know based on our usage, and we have a a possible show coming up in the future where we're not going to be able to bring all of our gear. I mean, we could, uh-huh. but it'd be an annoying thing, right? Right. Right. So I just wanted to be like, let's uh, you know get something like this. It'll work great. The uh, preamps on it for microphones are amazing. So if we ever do become super fancy and we buy some really high-end microphones that all the the (laughs) big-time podcasters use, this will still drive them just fine. That's awesome. So when we all have Shure SM7Bs, (laughs) and you can look at that link in the show notes. (laughs) So this is a vocal microphone that's been around for a long, long time. But any of those big podcasts that you see odds are they're probably using this microphone i mean there's there's other ones but you i see this one a lot like sure it's probably like loving the surgeons of podcasts (laughs) because they're like you know like this microphone's been around for 30 years but like our sales have just like quadrupled in the last five Uh, it has to and another one that a lot of people use uh, is the heil pr40 and it had to be the Mm -hmm. same like yeah, oh yeah, this has been around 26 years and yeah, it's it's yeah, five people buy it a year and yeah. all of a sudden it's just like sales are skyrocketing, right. you know. Right. <laughs> but um I don't know. How much how much is the SM7B? Uh I think it's 400. Okay. 300 or 400. Yeah. All right. That's, uh 400, yeah. So $400 might sound insane to some of our listeners yeah Yeah, they're like i was i was just using my computer microphone for my (laughs) podcast but like you know i think kevin's sm57 is like a hundred dollar microphone right and yeah and that's not the first microphone you had you probably had some you know kind of crappy buy two oh, get five free, I, you know? yeah i had the sam ash special of buy one microphone get two free for <laughs> what what i forget what you know they had that deal for it, like forever yeah i think they you were know? behringer's which I, right, I think behringer right. as a company is kind of like higher quality now um i've uh-huh. been reading that but at the time the it, it and kevin wasn't joking when he said that the sam ash special was you buy one microphone you get two for free right <laughs> like that's that's how they marketed it and right right so all of us had like 15 of these behringer or samson there was two two kind of cheap companies yeah it was behringer yeah. and samson we had all these microphones 
But it was like, it's like the tools thing of uh, what's his name? Adam Savage says, he's like, if you buy the cheap hammer and you use it enough to break it, right? that probably means you've used it enough to uh, warrant getting a better one. Unless it's right. like super cheap and it just breaks the first time you use it. But, you know, like use the cheaper one until you've outgrown the cheapness of it and you need the nicer one. Uh-huh. And so uh-huh. like we've upgraded our microphones over the years and because we had a need for them um, with, you know, you were micing out your bass and stuff until you got an, a different head that you were able to uh, use the direct out and stuff on it. And right, right. So, and you know what? I still like, so I, I will eventually upgrade my, my vocal microphone off of the, the 57, but I have these aspirations of, of still using the 57, but that'll be my beer opening microphone <laughs> at least for the for the studio oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, i like uh, uh, right there um dear listeners we need to create a um, gofundme account for kevin's beer <laughs> yeah <laughs> or, no, no sorry kevin's vocal microphone so that he can use his current right. vocal microphone as his beer opening microphone <laughs> oh man <laughs> Yeah, we need to get on that Patreon. Oh, Stat. yeah. Patreon. Oh, well, you know what's <laughs> funny is it might be a good instance to buy some really nice drum, you know, overhead drum mics. That might oh, be yeah. really good. Like, get them in stereo. And that way, when you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you can get really get a full oh, sound. Oh, man. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, but, yeah, again, when we're making all this money and stuff. Um, uh, That's right. Because it, it will happen. It'll just it takes time. You know, yeah. like, uh, I was, I heard on the radio today, if I had a million dollars by Bare Naked Ladies, and it, okay. it got me thinking about all this stuff, and like this new sound devices thing just came in, and I was just like, it, it, it's not cheap, right? If you look up the price right. and stuff, it is, is not cheap piece of equipment, but it, it's the, um, what it does and what it does well is well worth it in my mind, especially after, um how much easier it'll make things moving forward. Right. And so, mm. so yes, looking at the price, it might just be like, Oh wow, that's really expensive. But like looking at the time invested in just what right. I had to do this week and possibly in the future, if we had to do it again with multiple people, this will right. pay for itself in the first time we use it. Right. Oh yeah. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, I was listening to that song, and then, you know, it's kind of a it's your phone song from the early 90s from Bare Naked Ladies. I'm sure everybody's heard it. But the, like, gist of the song is like, oh, we do all these silly things and stuff. And it got me mm-hmm. thinking about all the equipment. And I was like, well, like, if I was super mega rich, what would I invest in uh, for my hobbies, right? And this podcast is one of these hobbies. Right, and, right. You know, like, everybody would do the, oh, I got to. Well, hopefully everybody would, but you know, like I have to invest half the money and do this and I'd pay off my parents, this and that and all that type of stuff. Right. Uh-huh. But like just specifically about the podcast, I was like, okay, yeah. What would I do? Um, have you ever thought about that? Like in your house, in your current house, if you had a million dollars, is there a chair that you're like, oh yeah, I need to upgrade my chair to the <laughs> Herman Miller Aeron chair, you know, just yeah. for the two hours that I'm sitting there, you know? Right, right. You know what? I'm always so I follow a lot of um, car YouTubers, car culture stuff on Instagram, and you always see like you know garage goals or you know like dream garage stuff. And so I've always thought like you know if I did have a ton of money, like how I would just have 
the garage. Like I would install this certain type of lighting. It's it's like the same lighting that they use in like car showrooms because like the the way it reflects off the pane and that you know like so I always get like thinking about like you know I would have this type of flooring and you know because uh, that's the 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 funny thing is is with a lot of these like garage goals or dream garages is they'll actually have like real ceramic tile like in the garage. And if you actually look at any type of car showroom, like that's what they use in car showrooms <laughs> is like glazed over ceramic tiles. Yeah. So I don't know. I just I I like to to think about stuff like that, like just <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, there's lots of stuff I would do. I mean, wh- I mean, wh- what is the first thing that comes to your mind when when you think about that? It, and if I have to limit it, right, it's not paying for my daughter's college. And stuff. Right. But if I had right. to limit it this particularly with podcasting, similar to your idea of like having a dedicated like studio, um, I would I would like to have a studio that is just a music production studio. Uh-huh. And I've watched a lot of videos where yeah, people build out from their current walls, and so they imagine you have a fifteen by fifteen foot room. When they build mm-hmm. a nice like um, audio studio, they'll literally build another room within that wall, like away from the other walls. Okay. And so it'll be, and I'm making up these numbers, but it'll be like two feet in. So now instead of it being a 15 by 15 foot, it'll really be with the walls included like a 12 foot by 12 foot room in the middle of that other room, you know, and they built up okay. the floor and they did all this stuff. And it's all about like sound isolation. And, you know, you could crank up your guitar amp to 12 or to 11 and it hits that sweet spot, <laughs> you know, and nobody's going to hear it. Yeah, you know, it's not going to bother my daughter. It's not going to bother my wife. And it, it, it's weird because it's not like right now if I well, right now I wouldn't play my guitar. It's 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 late at night. But like during the day on a Saturday or something, I could play my guitar loud. And it, I don't think Katie would think anything of it, but it still makes me conscious of it. Right. Um, right. If she leaves for a day and takes our daughter that's when it gets real loud, you know? Right. <laughs> and, but I, yeah. I, I'm considerate of other people, even though she does, I don't think she would mind too much, but I would love to have like a room that is dedicated to just kind of this sound isolation. It sounds good in the room. It kind of right. isolates me from the rest of the house. And because then it, it kind of, they go in hand in hand, right? It would be good for podcasting too, right? Because mm-hmm. it would just be another go in the room. Everything's already set up. You've got your, your mixing desk, you got your studio monitor set up for playback, and you know, like it. Right. It's, I I would love to like. Well, first things first is I would love to like meet somebody who designs rooms like that for a living. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and like that's what I was just gonna say. I'm pretty sure that's like a dream job. It's just like you know you you don't spend the money yourself. You spend <laughs> other people's money. <laughs> you know that would be amazing. Like I call right. Phil. Uh, Schlumpkin, the the world class uh, audio engineer that builds rooms, and I'm like, I have a million dollars, Phil. Right. And he's like, hmm, let me see here, and he's like, oh, right. you have this room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would. Be and of course, he'd come back awesome. to me, and he's like, okay, we went a little over budget. Uh, instead of one million dollars, it's going to be two million dollars. So I be like, Bill. Right, Bill, the so- the song is called "If I Had a Million Dollars," not if I had two million dollars. Like, <laughs> so I don't know if you've ever tried this. Um, I think it's been around for a couple years. 
but it is a Guinness, but it's blonde. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that is my second beer tonight, and it's a crisp golden lager beer. Yeah, I can't remember what the last time I had it, but I know I've definitely tried it. Um, yeah, I would. I would actually. I I should have. Uh, if I had more time before the episode, I would have looked up like the origin. Like, is it just for the American market, or is it? Uh, you know, is it distributed? Down, uh, in Ireland and stuff, but um, yeah, it's it's a crisp lager. Yeah, it will. Yeah, here's their descriptions. They say when we opened our new brewery in Baltimore in August of 2018. I guess Guinness opened a new brewery in Baltimore. But anyways, um, huh. our goal was to combine 260 plus years of Guinness brewing experience with American beer creativity. The first mm. item on their list was to reinterpret our flagship American beer, uh, Guinness Blonde. Their goal was a sessionable golden beer with Guinness character. So this makes it there sound like it's been around for a while, but they just kind of reinvented it, it seems like. Right. Um, but I don't know. Uh, somebody's screaming at us right now like, no, Guinness Blonde only came yeah. out in 2012 <laughs> and stuff. So, But yeah, I'm looking at the bottle here and I, it, it it's kind of weird because it, yeah, it's just like a kind of a typical bottle beer, you know, normally I don't associate Guinness with that type of stuff, you know. Yeah, so. yeah pretty fun so what's your second beer tonight um my second beer is the alaskan brewing company amber uh beer which on their label it is an alt style ale um i do believe their meaning of alt in this is not like alt right or alternative and actually maybe that is the origin of alternative but it is the like german word for old so it's just like an old style ale (laughs) gotcha um you know, uh, here we go. Here's the website. Uh, this refers to an aging that alts, so old styles, undergo since they ferment more slowly and at colder temperatures than most ales. Slow, slow f- fermentation helps condition the flavors in Alaskan amber, contributing to its overall balance and smoothness. Now, here's what's funny is <laughs> I think they have a legitimate claim to use the word cold in their brewing pot process, right? Because okay. let's read this again. This refers to the aging that the alts undergo since they ferment more slowly and at colder temperatures than most ales. So, like, it, it's literally the fermentation doesn't happen until colder temperatures. Mm. So good on Alaskan Brewing Company. But they weren't, like, on the bottle, like, cold brewed. Right. <laughs> cold filtered. Right. <laughs> But then they get a little, little pretentious here. Alaskan Amber is made from glacier-fed water and a generous blend of the finest quality European and Pacific Northwest hop varieties and premium T.O. <laughs> pale and specialty malts. Our water originates in the 1,500-square-mile... Um, uh, oh, shoot. Um, um, why am I blanking on the name? Uh, Alaska's uh, capital. <laughs> it's. I went there. It's Wano, Juno. Juno. <laughs> <laughs> Our water originates in the 1,500-square-mile Juno ice field and the more than 90 inches of rainfall we receive each year. So I don't see... Okay, actually, the ice field's probably the glacier they're talking about. Um, Have you ever been glacier hiking? I know you went on a a tour, not a tour, a... a, a, Alaskan cruise. Yeah, the Alaskan cruise. Did you do that or anything? So we didn't do any glacier hiking. We... um, 
like took boats like up to the glacier face uh-huh. um and kind of sat there and and watched and you could we watched ice break off and and uh but we ne- we never actually like um like walked on them or anything but it was cool because you know the there was a piece of of you know so in front of a glacier you know there's all kinds of ice from the ice breaking off of the glacier and and the i think the skipper or something like took a it was a smaller piece and kind of threw it up on on deck and uh, <laughs> um we have pictures of like I think it was like both Matt and I or something like we were like holding it and it was just really crazy because you're like you are holding like three thousand I'm getting these dates wrong but it was just like this ice has been frozen for a really really freaking long time yeah. you know yeah and you're like you're holding it there and you <laughs> feel like you're you're tainting this yeah. pure water that's been frozen for the last thousand thousands of years you're like melissa put this in your pocket i want to brew some all yeah. <laughs> back when we get home <laughs> but a funny story with uh being up there though is is we went on a whale watching tour okay and so like you you get on this boat and there's probably like 50 people that can get on this boat and Anybody that's been to like Putin Bay and the Jet Express, like essentially that's what the boat was. It was like it has spots up top that's open air where you can stand. There's spots in the middle of the boat that, you know, you can you can be inside if you don't want to be outside. Um, but in the back, they had a bar and their bar was obviously just all having Alaska brewery beers. Oh, yeah. And so it was funny because so I like for some reason I was just like really you know this was like I don't know one o'clock two o'clock in the afternoon and I was just like I really want a beer you know and um, I came back to to our seat where the where all the family was sitting and uh, Melissa's mom's just like oh I I see you got a beer there and I was just like oh yeah I was like I spotted one of those before I spotted the whales <laughs> <laughs> that'd been awesome if like you turned around everybody's waiting for the whales to jump out and you're like, man, I want this beer. And like, you, it's literally a beer commercial now in my mind. You're like, opening right. the Alaskan <laughs> brewing company and it, the camera's like facing you face and everybody else is like watching behind you. And it's just like the right. biggest whale ever jumps up and you're like, ah, yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. <clears throat> yeah. I like to think, um, back to when we, visited Juno and we went to a glacier tour where we got to like hike on it and stuff. So okay. you had to put on like the super spiky cleats and all this type of stuff and everything. Right. Um, and, and like, it's kind of weird because when you're walking on it, you're like, yep, this is, this is a big chunk of ice under me, but you don't really see it. Right. And that's, what's kind of dangerous about it is because they have those like holes that develop and people fall into mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. But we actually yeah. got to go inside the glacier and I, I'll track down the photo and I'll share it in the show notes. But like, it was super cool, but it was also really dangerous because they're like, there's falling rocks and stuff that are constantly. So you have to like wait and time it and be like, okay, it looks kind of safe to go. And so you're like, right, <laughs> and, like right. hurrying under this this entrance to get through and stuff. But it's like when you go inside, it's almost like otherworldly. Like you feel like you're in a video game because um, there's still light coming through and it's like super blue, all the water and the ice and stuff. And I don't mm. know, it's just a really cool really cool experience um 
plus we had the canoe to it and it was like a 45 minute canoe ride just to get okay. to the glacier um <clears throat> because it's receded so much i guess like when my uh katie's mom lived there like 25 years ago like she has pictures of this like cabin that was there and it was by the cabin and it took us 45 minutes to canoe from that cabin roughly to the glacier that's like how much it's receded in like Jeez. 10 years and so. That's crazy. But what's funny is we took two canoes, so it was a it was a tour, right? There was ten of us, I'm guessing. So the five people plus the the canoe driver, you know, and one and five people plus the canoe driver and the other. Well, on the way there, it was pretty seamless. We were together as a group, the two canoes. But on the way back, um, the other group's canoe like kind of took a slight turn differently. Okay, and. Our guy was like, no, we're going to like follow the shore because we will have the wind behind our back and we'll pick up speed and stuff. Well, long story short is it took us like an hour and 40 minutes to get back. The other group got back in 45 minutes. Like you just kept <laughs> seeing them get smaller and smaller and smaller. And our tour guide was just like, no, we're going to we're going to pick up like watch this. This, this wind from the glaciers is going to pick up. And I was just like, we're going the wrong way. <laughs> like it was ridiculous. <laughs> And I was just like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever been a part of. Like, us taking way too long. And you could just tell the other tour guide, like, that got back at a normal time. Like, I was just looking at their faces, waiting to see, like, who 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 made the first interaction. Our tour guide being, like, given uh, excuses. Or the other tour guide being like, what the fuck, man? Like, why, why did you, like, go against the shore? <laughs> It's like it kind of reminds me there was a scene in uh, Top Gear where they were on the salt flats, like trying to, you know, just drive super flat, fast. And, um, oh, I, I don't know their names. The, the, the smaller guy um, um, that was in the original Top Gear. I can't remember. Oh, uh, uh, Hamilton. Was it Hammond? Hammond. 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 Yeah. He, yeah. He, he was like, oh, I wouldn't talk to like a local Salt Lake driver, you know, trying to get some more info from him to see if I can get like, because each of their cars, they weren't trying to beat each other. They were trying to like hit a, a theoretical maximum for the car. And right. he had like a Dodge Charger or something, right? So he was like, my goal is whatever, you know, this speed. And so he talks to this guy that Hammond has set up as being like a local, like uh, Salt Lake shaman of car racing, right? And the guy is like, yeah, so you need to actually deflate your tires, which kind of goes against any normal thing. Yeah, if you're going off-roading, you deflate your tires so you get more, like, grip over rocks and stuff. Right, right. But, like, if you're going trying to go fast, like, you probably don't want that to happen. So, anyways, he deflates his tires and he, like, <laughs> let's just say he, he got up to 105 miles an hour or something. When he deflated, he only got it to, like, 92 or 88 or something. <laughs> and so, so of course, <laughs> they edited it this, this way. But he went back to the guy and he's like, dude, how long have you been doing this? He's like, oh, this is my first day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then he reinflates his tires back up and then he gets like 104 or something, whatever it was. Right, right. <laughs> but that's kind of how I felt with this tour guide was like, oh, yeah, we're going to like cut in inland. So we're going to actually turn around because you kind of came around after you you went. To, I don't know what they call it, but let's call it the mouth of the glacier. OK. After you came out of that, there was kind of like a peninsula and the guy like cut back toward the glacier on the inside of that peninsula so you couldn't really reach the glacier from there but it was like imagine imagine if the glacier was Atlanta and we needed to get to Cuba but instead he went around Florida and went up to the Gulf of Mexico. 
<laughs> that's pretty much what we did. <laughs> oh, man. And he's like, no, the Gulf of Mexico hurricanes are just going to really sweep us and make us fly towards Cuba. While the other guy just went straight for Cuba and made it there. Like, And maybe I'm exaggerating the time, but it definitely was at least a half an hour difference, you know. Right, of, of right. Them being like on the beach waiting for us. Um, right of course they couldn't go anywhere because they had we had one van you know like and all this stuff <laughs> right would which have you seen um it's it's the recent video that's been making the rounds uh with the media with uh glacier collapse uh-uh. and the the kayaks oh no oh so i'll have to show you this you so go. these it, it's funny because like you guys were talking about like kayaking up to this glacier and i'm just like shit like these people had like a GoPro and there was a huge collapse that happened right when they were right by the glacier. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so yeah, watch this video and it's, it's pretty intense. That's pretty cool. Yep. You have like freaking 12, I think they said like 12 foot waves were just <laughs> like barreling down on these two kayakers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I don't know if the one we went to would do that because it's more of like, it's, it's kind of enclosed in by it, it probably could. I, I'm sure you could. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the Mandala um, or Men, Mendahal, Mendahal. I think it's Mandala, but Glacier. No, it's Men, Mendenhall. Mendenhall. Mended. Yeah. Did they, yeah. Mendenhall. Did they t- Mendenhall, talk about that? One? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because that's the one we went to the cave. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I think we just saw Mendenhall mm-hmm. from like a, a distance. Um, I, yeah, we, we never went up, up to it. Okay. Actually, yeah, here is a perfect picture describing what we did. Okay. <laughs> and it, you know, it's not the size of Florida, obviously. Right. Right. But like, okay. So if you look at that picture uh-huh. and zoom in. Okay. So you see the glacier on the right side. Oh yeah. We actually, we, we actually hiked that path. Oh, where those but, people yeah. are in the front. Uh-huh. So yeah, we, yeah, we, we went that. up that glacier and then went okay. underneath it and stuff. It was pretty cool. But okay, so how far that that glacier is extremely far away. If you look right. at the trees on the right side of that hill, those are like big trees, right? So mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. It, it, it's kind of deceiving. It's like, oh, that's just a little lake. So anyways, imagine a very tiny, tiny canoe like starting out from there because that's r- where we parked was at the bottom of the glacier right there and then hiked okay. up and stuff. Okay. So we're canoeing around that, that, bot, that land body land on the left and see that like little hump there. We're coming around Mm -hmm. there. Now, imagine one guy just keeps going straight all the way to the left. And you can't even see where we had the two uh, canoe to. It's like behind the trees all the way on the left. But our tour guy decided to cut back even further into the mountainside there. So we were following all along the coastline, which took another 45 minutes over the other guy. (laughs) (laughs) It was like annoying. So I'm going to share this picture too because this showed the ridiculous. I wish I had like a... Um, like a tracker on me at that point to see like, yeah, I was like, okay, Katie, go with the other group where your tracker and we will do ours and wear ours. And I, I do swear like, cause I, I got the guy's point. He, it was kind of windy at around that little jut out there. And I think he was like trying to be like, oh, we need to combat it a little more. And so we'll kind of come inland to try and hopefully avoid it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it also didn't help that we had like one or two people in our boat that didn't know how to, <sighs> talk to each other 
And because our canoe was pretty narrow, so you'd have to switch sides. Like we'd go one and then oh, two. And yeah. Then one. So uh-huh. you obviously have to follow the person in front of you. If they're doing one, you kind of doing the you know like it, it's it's a it's a dance, right? But the two people in the back kept, or well, I should say the third person in the back wasn't following. I think Katie, and just kept like hitting Katie's oar. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> It was just like, and so that caused us to slow. There was all these problems. I was just like, can I just swim? I will get, I'll be there in 30 (laughs) minutes. And (laughs) I just like, imagine like you swimming in your passing canoes. You're like, wait, how is he swimming faster than us? Yeah, so like when I was talking about, they have a photo of a cabin over there all the way on the left. Like that entire thing you're seeing right now. Um, when Katie's mom lived there was a glacier and like that's how much that is received which is just kind of insane to me that it's and I Mm -hmm. I think it's really been like the last 15 years is what our one tour guide was saying like that little lookout point that you're seeing used to be like where it used to come up on this side of of the the lake and stuff but right um, but it was kind of fun because our tour guides they were just like oh where are you from you know all this type of stuff but then when Katie mentioned that her mom lived in Juneau for you know, I don't know how many years they were like, oh, and like they started like really like talking to Katie at that point and stuff. They're like we never get because I don't I don't even know if you can really drive there. I think you they they have some joke where the only way um, it is to, to make it into Juno is to fly or or out of a what did what did the guy say? It's some stupid joke. Um, it's the the only way to get into Juno is by two or by air and two canals and it's the whatever mm. waterway and the birth canal that's the only way you can make it in the <laughs> <laughs> it was, i'm messing that up but it was something along those lines that's the only other way to make it in the junos if you're born inside juno <laughs> yeah yeah you are right you can't actually drive there there's no roads that lead out of juno mm-hmm. <laughs> which they had a really cool bar i think i might have called you or texted you but it it had carpet it had yellow carpet on the walls, all uh, oh yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah, you're like it's the orange carpet of Alaska. <laughs> uh, yeah, so- I love I love how I searched Juno, Alaska in Google, and then so Google's given me a uh, like Google Maps, uh-huh. and so it is three thousand three hundred and eighty two miles away, <laughs> and it would take sixty two hours to get there. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that was kind of like when we knew we were moving back to Ohio from um, Seattle. That was uh-huh. a um, like w- every weekend before we left, we were like, let's let's do something. You know, we went up to Canada. We went mm-hmm. uh, back to a lot of the the, uh, the uh, national parks that we wanted to see before we left and everything in um, Seattle. And Juno yeah. was one of them. So we just flew into Juno. Uh, did you that's that you took the the cruise line up there or did you fly to Juno and then take the cruise line out of Juno? No, we left the the cruise left out of Seattle. Oh, OK, and then it just stopped mm-hmm. in Juno. OK, right. Yeah, because yeah, because when we were there, it was kind of funny. We were there like not during cruise season. So the town was pretty much empty. Yeah. Um, and I, I think they were it was either we were there right. But be- I think that's it. I think we were there right before cruise season. So it was like most people were like they, they there was uh, most people were trying to get like set up or something, but it was it was definitely like an eerie place because yeah you could see it being super crowded when there was all these cruise liners like just popping up and you know porting and stuff and docking. Right, right, yeah. We we traveled to um, Ketchikan 
and then up to uh, Juneau, and then further north into Skagway. That was our three uh, ports Skagway. during that trip. Skagway. And then apparently there's some maritime law that says you have to stop in Canada. Like if you like leave out of the United States or something, I don't know. I'm going to have to look it up. Oh. So anyways, well, we I'm just had looking at, I'm just looking at the, do you mean after you left Seattle, you had to st- stop in Canada? Well, it's either you have to stop in Canada on the way out or on the way back. So it was on the way back that we stopped in um, Canada. Uh, we stopped at Victoria, British Columbia. Oh yeah. We went there too. Did you get to spend much time there? You know, it was it was pretty quick. I mean, we we literally jumped off the boat, got into a cab. Cab driver like was taking us around. Uh, yeah, she, she was she was she was kind of funny though because she was a a burly woman that had red hair and she was like telling all these jokes and <laughs> I don't know. She was just like, but super nice, yeah. you know. But anyways, because she said. Uh, she always says that 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 BC, which you know yeah. stands for Brit- British Columbia, but she said actually it's not British Columbia; it's bring cash because <laughs> it's so freaking expensive to live there. Well, that's the place we went with uh, our friends Mike and Audrey uh, right before when they visited and stuff, and we like took a okay. schooner from Seattle, and it was like a okay. three-hour schooner ride or something and stuff. Right, right. But I remember like every yard. I don't know if you got to go into the, any of the neighborhoods, but like. Every yard was so meticulously landscaped. It's like I've never seen mm. better looking. You know, the houses were nice and stuff, but like each yard was like Jesus. Like this is yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah. And, stuff. and our one cab driver was like, "Yeah, it was like who knows if this is accurate, but he was saying like 20 years ago it wasn't really that way at all. It was just normal nice yards, right?" Yeah. But then uh-huh. like it just kind of snowballed. One person did it and like then there was this rivalry between um, people cross the street and then it like just kind of spread. And now like all the houses closer to the, the downtown area where a lot of the tourists come in, they just have like these like gorgeous yards and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do remember the hanging baskets were like just insane, like around like that, the, the Harbor uh-huh. area. Yeah. Like it was just like, yeah, just, I'm like, wow. <laughs> but I'm looking at this whole region and stuff because I used to like just love looking at the maps up there because there's a lot of like inlets and islands and mm-hmm. stuff around there. Um, right. And that little right. thing and stuff. And uh, I always forget about this like po- a place called Point Roberts. I think it might be the only place in, in the United States that is you can't reach it by. Well, it's kind of like Juno in that regard, but you, you can't reach it by mainland united states without going through canada okay. so the only other way is by boat because i don't think it has an airport at all and, it, right. and so it's this little little i don't know if they would call it peninsula but it's really tiny and it was just because somebody screwed up with the like drawing of the lines back in the day <laughs> and so they just yeah. literally cut off the top of the thing but here i want to take a screenshot and show this because it's just i don't know it's super funny it's like Oh, that's the Canada side. Oh, that's the, the that's the United States side, and it's not big at all. You know, like I mean, when you look right, at this right. this photo, it is just a little bitty uh, place. I almost feel like the people living there are just like they do it out of spite. You know, like um, yeah. <laughs> I don't care that I have to go through all this this trouble just to literally go to visit people, and every time I go to work, I've got to cross the border and do all this stuff. <laughs> They're like, you live in the United States, but work in Canada. Because I'm sure there's a lot of them that that's what they did. Mm-hmm. 
but we never got to go there. I really wanted to to visit it though and see how it was. No, there is an airport, Point Roberts Airport, so I guess you can fly in there. Uh, but there's, huh. do you see what I mean? But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. It just like literally cut yeah, them off. Yeah, and it's I don't know. It is like smaller than Athens city proper. Like it is just yeah. a t- tiny ass place. Oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, those Alaska times were fun. All right, Kevin, what are you going to bring us home with tonight? So I just recently discovered this band and song. Um, I got to say, like every now and then. So so sometimes if you start on a song with Spotify, it'll just keep rolling like with music. And every now and then, like it'll just get, you know, just on this roll. And um, so all of this, like I, I don't know exactly how to describe this music. Kind of like kind of like laid back, laid back, but kind of like in, um, I don't know, like I, I'll, I'll just keep it with that. Just kind of laid back music. But anyways, the artist is called Boo Sika and the song is Calm Symphony. And I've been really digging on this song lately. Okay, Kevin, you ready for another? 